welcome back to the Balance Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, I finally have enough energy to record this introduction to this very exciting episode. The reason why I didn't have the energy before is because, as many of you may know, if you've listened to the podcast and if you follow along on Instagram, that I have been doing a water fast. So for 14 days, I have had just about nothing but water, minus a couple days where I had juice because I had some symptoms. And when I do a water fasting recap podcast, I will talk all about all the symptoms, all the questions. You guys have had a lot of questions, understandably, because water fasting is not really your typical mode of healing. But I believe in it deeply. I'm still here at True North and I will be here up until about the time that this podcast episode comes out. So, and I'll be back in Sacramento with my family. And at some point while I'm in Sacramento, I'm going to record a solo episode about water fasting. So feel free to leave questions on my Instagram if you haven't already, and I'll include them in that solo episode. And if it sounds like my voice is going a little, that's because I woke up with a sore throat today. Um, I also can't tell if it's just because the allergies here in Santa Rosa are off the charts. I have a lot of springtime allergies, so at least my voice is going because of a cold and not because of lack of energy. On the inside, I feel really vibrant and energetic and awake and recharged, so there's lots and lots of fun stuff to come. When I get back to LA in a couple weeks, I'm going to get started on the project that manifested itself into my head when I was in Bali, so I didn't really tell you guys about that in the solo episode, but I am so ready to bring it to life And I think you're going to love it when I do. I've put together a strong team, a small team, but a strong team to bring this to life. And yeah, I'm just stoked about it. So let's get into who today's guest is. Today's guest is someone who I have been so looking forward to having on the podcast ever since I read her book last winter. It completely changed my life. Her book is called Woman Code, and we will, of course, put that in the show notes because if you have not read Woman Code, then you absolutely have to. It will tell you everything you ever wanted to know about your body, your hormones, your period, fertility, cycle syncing. If you have issues like I do, like fibroids or PCOS, which I don't have, but we talk a lot about in this episode because I know it's a very, very common women's health issue and something that I am extremely passionate about because my hormones have been all over the place for about five years and as illustrated by the fibroid that I developed from having high estrogen and low progesterone, finding Alisa's book and Alisa's lifestyle, which is called Flow Living, has completely turned my life around. And I've been in a much healthier place ever since. And just having that information is so powerful. 
And it's so true that when it comes to our own health, knowledge is the greatest power that we could have. So she is here to end the cult of period misinformation and mythology that makes women suffer needlessly. And her mission is to ensure that women understand how to properly care and nourish themselves to have a healthy hormone balance. So she does this by offering all sorts of accessible and affordable functional medicine, menstrual health care. So you can help yourself by getting Elisa's book, checking out her app, the Flow Living app, where you can sync your cycles and just learn about which phase of the cycle that you're in. I'm currently in my follicular phase and I still will be when this comes out. So if you are also then we're already cycle synced, which is awesome. And her website has lots of cool quizzes and articles so you can learn all about the symptoms that you're experiencing and all around just school yourself on your hormone health. So she's an incredible resource. She has, of course, her own backstory with healing her own hormones, which is why she has become so incredibly passionate about helping other women do the same. And as with all things, I think I discovered Elisa's book at the exact time that I needed it most. I'd heard about it for a couple years, especially from friends of mine, specifically Rachel Mansfield. She swears by this book and has for a long time, but I just didn't find myself inspired to pick it up until, like I said, last winter. And I didn't even know that her book touched so much on fibroids and what you can do naturally with fibroids. At the time, I had also just gotten an IUD put in, which is how how I learned that I had a fibroid from that ultrasound. And I only kept my IUD for three weeks because I did not have a good experience. And I do not like to have things in my body that are not supposed to be there. But of course, to each their own and I don't judge any choice anyone makes for birth control. So I found Elisa's book right after I got that IUD in and right after I learned that I had a fibroid. So I learned so much from her and everyone will learn so much from her today. I know that you will absolutely love love, love learning all about her. So we have put together a giveaway. If you are kind enough to rate and review this podcast on iTunes and screenshot your rating and review, email it to me, jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. Then we are choosing three winners to win a book, a copy of Woman Co. Elisa's book that will completely change your life and your approach to your hormone health and you will just learn so much. So rate and review the podcast, screenshot and email it to me. Bonus points for following Elisa on Instagram also. She's flow living on Instagram. That's F-L-O-L-I-V-I-N-G. And before we dive into the episode, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor for Sigmatic. I cannot even tell you guys how much I have missed Four Sigmatic since I've been here at the Water Fasting Center. 
You pretty much have no idea how much I have been salivating and fantasizing over getting back to my regular cup of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee and specifically what I've been completely fantasizing about is their brand new Four Sigmatic Chai Latte and that's because it has turkey tail in it and reishi which by the way I used to say reishi but when I had Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic on who happens to be a something like a 10th generation forager for mushrooms, he was calling it Rishi. So I now call it Rishi, of course. And this chai latte has turkey tail, which is good for the gut, Rishi, which is good for sleep and calming. And it has a bunch of really good gut healthy spices. And oh my God, it's just, it's like the most delicious, healthy mushroom based chai latte in a mug that you could ever imagine. So what I'm fantasizing about is making my own cashew milk when I get home and adding some cinnamon, adding some of this Four Sigmatic Chai Latte mix, frothing it up with the frother that Four Sigmatic now sells on their website. So you can actually get a Four Sigmatic frother, which is not only fun, but it's also like tiny and it works really good. It's lighter than a blender, of course, and it's portable. So you can bring it with you when you travel. I'm going to froth it all up and then I'm going to put ice in it because we all know I like iced lattes and ice drinks better than hot ones usually. And I will probably add some cinnamon sticks up at the top because that always makes it really pretty and photogenic. So keep an eye out because I'm sure I'll take photos and put them on Instagram. Um, But yeah, that's one thing that I've been completely fantasizing about here. I've also been fantasizing about the mushroom hot cacao. And that is because I'm a chocolate addict and the new mushroom hot cacao that they have also has ginger and I happen to be a ginger addict on top of a chocolate addict. So these are the things that you think about when you're only having water for 14 days. So needless to say, I am ready, ready for my Four Sigmatic. So if you are ready to try Four Sigmatic, which you totally should be, because not only is it delicious, it's a health game changer. It's organic. It's vegan. There's tons of caffeine-free options. There's also options with caffeine. So if you're a caffeine person, you don't have to worry. Head over to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to get 15% off of your order. That is F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E, which we will also put in the show notes. And I am so very excited to have you guys try it because I know you're going to love it, but I'm also excited to have it myself in a few days because I really miss it. So now you know about Four Sigmatic, you know all about our guest, Elisa, and you're pretty up to date on where I am in my fasting experience. So let's head into this episode with the game-changing woman, Elisa Vidi of Flow Living and of Woman Code. Guys, 
guys, I am here with Alisa Vitti, the amazing author of Woman Code, which I have right here in my hands about perfecting your cycle, amplifying your fertility, supercharging your sex drive, and becoming a power source from within. And this book, Alisa Knows, completely changed my life. I found it at a time where I was... Well, we'll get into it, but the whole IUD thing, and I want to tell that whole story because I think it's really important. And it was so out of character for me to get that IUD. Not like I have any judgment whatsoever for people who do, but it was just extremely out of character because I'm so all about the holistic lifestyle. I won't even put Advil in my body. So it was very interesting to put something that can't even be taken out by me inside of my body. So thankfully, I stumbled upon your book, Alisa, and I truly believe everything comes into our lives at a specific time for a very distinct reason. And while I had heard about your book for a long time from so many different friends and bloggers and my really close friend, Rachel Mansfield, who I know you know, had been raving about it forever. I just never picked it up. I don't know why until one day it just kind of like dropped into my head in an intuitive way, read that book. So I went on Amazon. I bought two copies because that's what I do. I'm crazy because I figured if I love it, I'm probably going to want to give it to somebody and it was the holidays. So I did that. I sped through it. I left it here in LA accidentally when I was flying to Sacramento for Christmas. So I bought a third copy and had it sent to Sacramento because I was like, this book is changing my life. I don't want to not read this for two weeks. So I read the whole thing, totally changed my life. We'll talk more about my story because I've had so many hormonal ups and downs along with so many people listening and yourself. So with that long-winded intro to your amazing book, tell our Soul on Fire listeners hello and who you are. Hi, thanks for having me, Jordan. It's so great to be here. I'm Alisa. And yes, I'm the author of the best-selling book, Woman Code. And a number of years ago, I founded the Slow Living Hormone Center, which a lot of people have been using to put their menstrual issues into remission naturally with the flow protocol, which is described in Woman Code. And I am the creator of the Cycle Thinking Method, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about uh, today. And I am also the Femtech founder of the MyFlow period tracking and improvement app, which is becoming this like whole thing. So Femtech, <laughs> I, what's up? I know, Femtech. I, I started out as, you know, really just a practitioner, but very quickly realized that um, technology is this very feminine or the way that women use technology to come together to help each other, to share information, to give each other, you know, access to things that had been previously, you know, difficult to access. It was just this perfect vehicle to really allow me to help more women. So really Flow Living is the, the world's first and only global modern menstrual healthcare company that is dedicated to, you know, ending period suffering worldwide. 
Love it. I couldn't agree more about technology being so empowering to connect so many of us, as I've learned with, of course, social media and the Facebook group that I have for this podcast, which if you have a Facebook, we will totally add you to because I know people will have so many questions for you and be super, yeah, super excited to connect. Your app, by the way, is amazing and is the reason why I know that I'm ovulating right now. I got a push notification this morning and I was just laughing about it in my head because a couple days ago, my amazing boyfriend, who's so supportive of all things with me trying to balance my hormones, was asking, um, wait, so when are you the most likely to get pregnant? Because he's super careful and we are not looking to have kids right now. So I told him, well, actually I can sync you up on my app. So we did. And what a cool feature that you guys have. Yeah. I love partner sync because, you know, it's a way for us to empower the people that we're in relationship with to really be optimizing, uh, you know, our relationship around our, our cycle and why not? I mean, these are just predictable shifts that we have in our mood and our preferences and our energy, our libido, our everything, our potential to have the different types of orgasms. So it's really great to have a partner who knows where you're at and knows what to deliver to you to maximize everybody's pleasure. Absolutely. So before we go into your whole story and how you became this fertility guru and period guru and cycle syncing founder and all that awesome stuff, I want to hear about you because I was telling you before we started recording this podcast I love because I really get to know the people who I look up to and who so many people listening also look up to. So tell us about you. What do you do in your free time, your kids, you have your daughter's art project behind you, all that stuff. (gasps) Well, well, (laughs) I mean, I, yes. So now I'm a mom. Um, but for the longest time I, you know, I would say above all things, I'm a student. So I really, I, I am a voracious, learner have been my whole life. I think I've always been seeking the truth with a capital T. I think that's something that I uh, really have come to appreciate about myself, that I, I love learning. I love not acquiring. And, and in the process of learning, there was, some, there was this moment, I can't, I'm trying to remember when this was, I think it was my mid-20s, where I really began to understand, because I had studied so many things, that there was a difference between information, knowledge, which is having, you know, spent a lot of time gathering information on a particular concentration of study and then wisdom. And I felt liberated by that recognition because I had been really pursuing, you know, acquiring information and knowledge. But what was really beautiful at the same time was really kind of understanding the intersection of wisdom and my feminine soul and how these things are sort of interconnected. So that's sort of like philosophically, me as a philosopher, who I am, I'm someone who's really in hot pursuit of um, wisdom. Um, and how we acquire that is not so much only an intellectual process, but it's an embodied process of really moving through our lives 
and really continuing to check in with the body and really allowing the body to participate in your acquisition of information and knowledge. But then, you know, for fun, what do I do? I'm, I love to cook for mm. my family. I do. I, um, I find any reason to have some sort of like holiday or even like random non exactly not a holiday. Like if it's going to be anything like like May Day or, (laughs) you know, Valentine's, anything that's sort of like remotely where I could put together a menu that has like a beginning, middle and end where I can do the full Monty. I love and love planning fancy gatherings with my family and friends. So this weekend I just did a just like a, a pre-Easter celebration for my in-laws and um, d- tried all these new recipes, you know, which most people wouldn't do when you're having guests over. You wouldn't like try new recipes. You would like tr- do your standard. But for me, it's like, oh, let's experiment. And we ended the meal with, I think, one of my favorite new uh, recipes, which I put up on my Insta feed, which people were like drooling over. <laughs> I should, I really have to start doing recipe posting. Officially. Yes. It was a, a strawberry lemon crostata, which Yum. sounds really sexy it because does. you say anything in Italian, it sounds really sexy, but it's basically like a, a very rustic like pie where, you know, just inside is so true, but it had this beautiful layer of like almond meal on the bottom and then macerated strawberries without sugar, lemon rind, lemon. It was so good. I want to make that. I've I been, have to send you the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I've been very into the whole rustic pie like idea lately. And yeah, yeah, for those of us who are gluten-free and sugar-free and all that, I didn't really think it was possible. But it's funny, but ever since I discovered the... Have you seen the new pie emoji? Um, no. It's like, it's new on the, on the iPhone update and it looks, it's like just the most rustic looking traditional pie and it's made me crave pie. So I'm going to have to try your pie recipe. This, yeah, I know you need, you need this gluten-free pastry crust, uh, gluten-free, dairy-free. It's amazing. Yum. Um, I use it for a lot of different things. And then, yes, yeah, so I love, and now that my daughter's a little older, she's three, I really love including her in the baking process. So we'll, you know, we'll do little gluten-free, sugar-free cookies. We'll do fun things together just to get her in the kitchen, get her chopping things, measuring things. It's really fun to be a mom, I have to say. Rediscovering all the simple pleasures of life, but with your kid, really, really delicious. That's so fun. I can't wait to be a mom, even though I just said we're we're not trying right now, but which we're not. Perfect um, timing. No, but you have to I be ready. I cannot wait yeah. to be a mom. I really can't. It seems just like the best job of life ever. Well, no, and what's really cool, I think, too, especially for you and me and the women who are listening to this podcast, is all the all the knowledge and wisdom you're acquiring in your wellness journey you can be able to bring that to your child. You know, my daughter already has a sense of how to engage with her body and what foods are healthy. And, you know, she drinks sauerkraut juice for fun. Like, you know, that's just her starting point where it's, you know, whatever, whatever you've had to acquire for yourself as a young adult, right. You'll be able to actually get that as your kid's foundation. I can't wait. I know. I always am thinking like my kids are going to be... Yeah, that's like a really, that's a beautiful gift. Yeah, so healthy. I love it. It is a beautiful gift. So on that wonderful note, tell us the background story of you and how you ended up becoming this 
wealth of knowledge about hormones and women's issues and all that kind of stuff? Well, I, you know, came, came to this career out of necessity, I would say, you know, I was in my teens and and early twenties, really struggling with my hormones. And it kind of really hit like sort of a critical mass of symptoms around the age of, well, I guess between 18 and 20, it really got bad. And what, by that, I mean, I was slowly creeping up with my weight in high school and not menstruating very often. I mean, I think between 12 and 22, I got a period a total of six times. A couple of those were chemically induced by synthetic progesterone. Um, So, you know, something was off. No one was saying that anything was wrong. I just had this inner wisdom I didn't know that's what to call it at the time, but I just had this inner knowing that something was wrong and I kept pushing to try to figure out what it was. But between 18 and 20, the the symptoms were just undeniable. I mean, I had ballooned to over 200 pounds. I was covered in cystic acne, like, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> it used to take me a half an hour in the morning to, I would use, um, what was the, what was the brand? Prescriptives. Remember Prescriptives? Mm-hmm. Um, I would use their under eye concealer as cover up for the acne because the regular concealer was not dense enough and thick enough to cover the red. So a bit, but then of course I would look super pale because it basically right. had to put it all over my face. <laughs> I have a few pictures from like parties and things that during those years where, I mean, I just look like I'm in costume as like a vampire. It's hilarious. Like just <laughs> super white, Yeah. <laughs> no, no color to my skin just from this foundation. And, you know, the, there were a lot of mood, you know, mood impacts of having all this stuff going on with my hormones. I was super depressed. I was super exhausted. I was anxious. I was just really unsettled in my body. And I felt really isolated like this, like of all the women in the world, I was having all of these issues alone, you know, and especially scary when, you know, I kept going to my doctors diligently and they kept telling me that there was nothing that they could find that was wrong. How could that be? You know, that here I am having all of these things happening, but according to them, everything was fine. It just made no logical sense whatsoever. So it was one faded night in the library where I uh, was doing a little research in a uh, obstetrics journal because I was desperate to figure out what was wrong with me. And I was at this point at Johns Hopkins planning to become an OBGYN. I had always been interested in helping others. And, you know, it seemed like a natural progression. And I thought somebody's got to know there's, there's got to be a precedent for this. And I was looking in this journal and I found a little article with some statistics about, you know, these particular classification of women with a whole bunch of hyperandrogenized symptoms like weight gain and acne and hair growth in the wrong places and hair loss and da, 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 da. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is, a lot of this is me. And there's a name for this disorder. And of course it's named after two guys, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. Oh the, original name, the original name for polycystic ovarian syndrome is the Stein-Leventhal disorder named after the two gentlemen who put a picture frame around this group of women. And I went to my gynecologist the next day and I just said, you know, I need you to do a test that hasn't been done yet in all these years on me. Let's take a look at my ovaries. And, you know, lo and behold, 
I had diagnosed myself properly and she was there to confirm it. And, you know, her prognosis was not good. You know, as anybody who's had anything, whether it's PCOS or endometriosis or an autoimmune issue or, you know, all of these chronic issues that women deal with, you know, you get this kind of scary information, which is things are bad, they're going to get worse, and there's nothing we can do, which is, you know, at the very highest level, what I was told, and specifically things like diabetes, obesity, heart disease, cancer, infertility, you know, all at the age of 20 was pretty heavy, heavy information. And when I asked her what, what they had to offer me, it was just, you know, well, we'll medicate you. We'll try the pill. We'll try spironolactone. We'll try metformin. We'll, and then when you want to have kids, we'll try other, you know, IVF. We'll try other things. We'll see how, I said, was this going to fix me? She said, no, absolutely not. You know, it's unfixable. And I said, how is it possible that that can be? Everything in the body is meant to regenerate and heal. It's just how we're designed. I said, you know, give me some time. I'm going to see what I can do. And she says, well, I don't know what you think you're going to be able to do. And I said, I, I just have a, I have another, I have something else in mind, you know, and I had nothing else in mind, but I had the, I had, you know, just a deep knowing in my body, just like I knew something was wrong. I knew in that moment that, that she wasn't, she didn't have the full story either. And that there was another way. So that began the whole process of really trying to figure out how to get better. And, and that's really how things started to shift in my health and in my career. Wow. So you knew deep down inside that there was another approach that you didn't have to take all of these drugs and accept all of the things that they told you. How did you go about it from there to figure out what those things were and start to heal yourself? Well, I started looking at the endocrine system and it's just basic, you know, pathways of functionality. And I started looking at, you know, this was almost 20 years ago now. So this was before functional medicine even was called functional medicine. So I was looking at, you know, what were the nutrients that fed the different organs and glands of the endocrine system? What helped them do their job better? And I started to put together the right sequence of the protocol to really help nourish the endocrine system to optimize its performance. Um, I also looked at, you know, endocrine disruptors and how that had an impact on women with my condition and other conditions like fibroids and endo, et cetera. And there was a big piece um, of work to do there as well. So I kind of just started piecing together the puzzle, you know, really felt like a, a, a nice jigsaw puzzle and, and it really all clicked together. And of course, looking at, you know, the way that uh, the um, epigenetics influence the way your gene expression and how you metabolize estrogen and foods and all of that plays into, into account. And then ultimately really looking at the cycle itself and how from a maintenance point of view, right? So the first part of the protocol, the flow protocol is really designed to help you clean up right? What has been taking your endocrine system offline and to help it get nourished in the right sequence of events. 
But the, there was also a need for a long-term solution. Like, how do you take care of yourself as a woman in a way that allows you to thrive in an ongoing basis when you've done all the cleanup work, right? You can't be in a perpetual state of detox, right? For example, let's say you've realized, okay, I've got to green my cleaning products and my makeup and my, you know, skincare and everything now is chemical free, right? So now what? <laughs> right. You can't keep just detoxing your beauty care. You have to beauty products. You have to actually now move into a different maintenance kind of process. So I was looking for that because I was concerned that after a period of cleanup, that if I had just gone back to, you know, quote unquote, normal eating, that symptoms should come back because that was the logical thought process there. So in looking at the cycle, it became obvious to me that just like we should be supporting the, the different functions of the endocrine system, we should also be supporting the different hormonal ratios of the cycle. We need to nourish those in specific ways at specific times. And so cycle syncing was born out of that as a way to not only support our hormones throughout the month, but as a way for us to maintain long-term hormonal health. And so for me, I was able to regain my, my ovulation and my cycle at 22. Um, so I hadn't been ovulating or menstruating for that whole decade, the way that everybody else was. And then I really was able to reclaim that and have been ovulating and menstruating ever since, which was, I was told, you know, would not be possible. That extra 60 pounds that I had been carrying around for at that point, you know, six or seven years, just, and my skin, you know, you're looking at me right now, but people comment on my skin all the time. And I, you know, I'm happy to share that as an example of what's possible because, you know, I had just so much, I mean, act painful, lumpy, hard, cystic acne, like, you know, all over my jaw and my cheeks. And then all this little, like, I don't even, I think it's technically called melia. So it's like when your blackheads kind of go beyond the pore and kind of create little bumps. I had that all over my forehead. I had like super giant blackheads. I mean, I had every kind of acne. I had it everywhere, my face, chest and back. I have none now. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to watch the body heal itself when you feed it the right things. And of course, I was able to get pregnant naturally, the good old fashioned way, even at quote unquote advanced maternal age. Um, so I, I think I'm always happy to share this story because we we're told quite the opposite, right? Jordan, right. We're told like none of this is possible. Like I was told that none of that was going to be possible. And so when you believe that to be true, right, this powerful period mythology that we're all fed, which is like whatever you've got, whatever it is, whether it's PCOS or fibroids or whatever, it's never going to get better. Once you've got it, you're stuck with it. You, if you believe that mythology, then of course that's affecting your behavior, right? And what does that make you do typically? Nothing, right? You'll take no action to get better. And so then of course it's a self-perpetuating reality, right? You believe the myth, which is not medically accurate. <laughs> you do nothing to improve your endocrine system. And then of course you continue to have the problems. So that feeds on itself. But the truth is, and I, this, my story is an example, but the, the tens of thousands of women we've helped all over the world are also great examples of anything that's going on with your period can be addressed and effectively and quickly. And I think that's uh, so, something that I'm just so excited to share with women because my God, I remember just how scared and lonely I felt about, oh my goodness, this is really bad news and things aren't going to get better. Just so that women can know that that's not the case, I think is a really important thing.
Yeah, it is. It's empowering to know that that doesn't have to be the only way. And so now I'll tell you after hearing your whole story, which I I knew because duh, I read your book like at least twice, (laughs) but everybody listening, if they didn't know now, they know. And I love that your career comes from your own experience dealing with it because that really is, in my opinion, the soul on fire lifestyle because you couldn't possibly be more passionate about your subject because you've been there and you've also experienced how awful it is to be in the middle of all of that without answers. I mean, I promised myself that if I could figure out how to get better, that I would build the platform that I wished had existed for me, yeah. a place where I, could, where I could get information at, you know, from the comfort of my own home, where I could get information, guidance, advice, and, and the, and the protocol, like do this and this will happen. You can, you know, I just wanted, the, I, I wanted to be able to provide that recipe for other women. And so I'm really proud that after it's taken me a while, <laughs> but uh, after all, uh, I've been able to really put that together. And slow living is sort of the the fulfillment of that promise that I made to myself when I was a little bit younger. I love that. That's so amazing. So I've told you a little bit about my journey with hormones. So I'll give you a little update. And for everybody listening who doesn't know this story, I will talk about it because I think so many people can probably relate and you probably have some really good tips for me. So of course, I'm going to talk to you about it. So it's very interesting that I found your book at the time that I did because I didn't even know that it addressed fibroids. And I had just found out in November of 2017 that I have a fibroid that is the size of a baseball on my uterus. And this was a shock to me because I definitely had hormonal ups and downs. I mean, I always had a regular period from the time that I started my period when I was like 12, always regular. I did take birth control. I took so many different types of birth control just because my mom, my mom thinking that she was like doing the right thing, of course, um, put me on birth control when I had a boyfriend when I was 16 um, and started being sexually active. So then I took Seasonique, which as you know, you get your period like four times a year. Um, I did thought you that was... see that SNL skit? No. That Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did on season... Oh my God, you have to look that up. It is hilarious. They grow t- dragon tails when like they never get their period because that was that was the big thing about Seasonique. It was like, oh yeah then you can never get your period right. or maybe just only four times a year. So anytime they would get it, they would like turn into beasts and monsters. It was oh, that's so hilarious. funny. Yeah, I was like, I think I was like 20, 21 and I was studying abroad in Italy. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this is awesome. I don't have to get my period like ever while I'm traveling. Um, and I just manipulated my cycle for so many years. It's kind of treating it like... I could, you know, like that's what I should do. So when I finally went off of birth control, I was 22. I was still in college because I kind of went through this whole cleaning up my life intuitive thing where I went vegan at the time. I'm not vegan anymore, but I went vegan. I stopped taking birth control. I stopped taking Um, medication that I was on for ADHD. I just stopped taking everything. And 
not because a doctor told me to or because anybody told me to, but because I just felt in my body like I need this is pure. This is a temple. I'm not going to keep putting stuff inside of my body that isn't natural. So things were really good for a couple of years. And then I, as a vegan, developed an eating disorder and was completely just juicing all the time, not really eating hardly at all. So of course, developed all sorts of hormonal imbalances from there and then incorporated lots of foods back into my diet, started recovering from my eating disorder. But it was very, very clear to me very quickly that I had messed things up in my body because then I started getting horrible, terrible cystic acne all over, all those hormonal points that you're talking about. I gained like 30 pounds in like six months. I was still menstruating regularly. That was like the only thing that was was normal. Everything else was so out of whack. I got stomach ulcers and like what I think is probably an autoimmune disease and I'm getting tested soon and chronic fatigue and just tons and tons of stuff and things that you talk about in your book like insomnia and then being completely unable to wake up in the morning, just feeling so exhausted all while living this very healthy, I would say life. I mean, I'm a wellness blogger. Like I take wellness very seriously, fitness, all of it. Um, But also at the same time, I was running marathons and I was pushing myself really, really, really hard doing high intensity interval training five or six days a week and just gaining all of this weight and having terrible skin and just not in a good place. So I have made a lot of lifestyle changes since then, slowed down, stopped doing the high intensity, kind of went back to a more plant-based way of life for now, and then found out that I have this fibroid. So I picked up your book, not even knowing that you address fibroids. I knew that you addressed fertility and periods and all that kind of stuff. But then you have all these sections in the book about how to deal with a fibroid. And you talked about the IUD, which the only reason why I got an IUD put in, well, is because of being in a relationship and wanting to have a form of birth control. But that's the only way that I learned that I had a fibroid because he did an ultrasound before he put the IUD in. And he said, oh, I see something in here that I need to tell you. So I was like, oh my God, I've never heard those words before. What? From a doctor. What? And he said, you have this fibroid. It's the size of a baseball. And, um, You know, it's nothing too serious, but it could affect getting pregnant and it could also affect keeping the baby or having a miscarriage when you get pregnant and we'll just keep an eye on it. And my head started spinning out of control. I'm like, what do you mean we're just going to keep an eye on it? Did he ask you, did he tell you if it was, was it, is it intrauterine or is it pedunculated? It's, it's not inside of the uterus. It's all in like the backside. It's not inside the muscle wall itself? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's positive, right? That is positive, yeah. So since then, I've done all this research about 
how to shrink fibroids naturally. Um, So I'm actually doing a water fast in May. I would be very curious to hear your thoughts. I'm doing that for a bunch of things. I also have hives all over my body, eczema, all this other stuff. Um, The positive thing is picking up your book. I decided to get my IUD taken out about five weeks after I had it put in. So that was awesome because I didn't have it in for very long at all. And then you let me know actually that there was a class action lawsuit against Marina, the IUD that I had. So I'm happy, really happy that I had it taken out. But um, yeah, so maybe just like tell us your thoughts on that whole journey because I'm imagining a lot of people listening, especially because a lot of my audience has also suffered from orthorexia and similar types of eating disorder background that then kind of can cause things to go out of control. Yeah, no, it's actually really interesting. Of course, now I'm going to be like in session mode with you. So this will be really fun. Um, I I think that the interplay between birth control and eating disorders is not, not fully explored and should be explored more because the big breaking news of 2017, which we published on the flow blog, which please all of you, if you're interested in learning more about your hormones, subscribe, it's free. It's all the weekly updates that I have for you on what you need to know about your hormones. Um, but we put that article together when this, when the study came out, that being on birth control increases your risk for depression And there is an interplay with mood destabilization and the propensity to develop eating disorders as a way to somehow manage all the feelings that are, that you're struggling with. Right. So that's significant for a couple of reasons because, you know, it becomes like a chicken and an egg question mark, right? Did your daughter develop an eating disorder after she went on the pill, right? If you're a parent, that's a question mark. And then unfortunately, there is this whole uh, condition that more and more practitioners like myself are speaking up about, which is referred to as, um, I call it synthetic birth control syndrome. So whatever form of birth control you're taking, it is not only just increasing your risk for depression, but it's actively depleting you of the very micronutrients you need for healthy hormones, healthy gut microbiome, and healthy brain chemistry, right? So you're taking a medication that is actively messing with some key systems of your body by by depleting all of these essential micronutrients, right? Making it less less optimally able to do its job. And then you have depression on top of it, so it feeds the depression monster, right? Micronutrient depletion, gut destabilization, 95% of your serotonin, for example, is manufactured in your gut. So your mood is really dependent upon your gut health. Now the depression can get worse and can spiral out of control. The anxiety can spiral out of control because you're depleted. Whether you're still on the medication or not, the effects of the medication of birth control can last for years. This depletion can be a situation that just continues until you address it for years. And you think, what, you're, what you need is like a, a Prozac or something to help with your depression or anxiety. But what you really need are the micronutrients replenished from, taking, from being exposed to synthetic birth control. 
And then eating disorders on top of it are furthering that micronutrient depletion. So you have this vicious cycle that really puts the systems of your body in an environment where they cannot perform their job, right? How can your body make adequate levels of hormones when you're not eating enough amino acids to manufacture those hormones? You can't, right? How can your body transport hormones from gland to gland, organ to organ, if it doesn't have enough essential fatty acids? It can't. Um, How can these hormones communicate with each other without certain micronutrients? They cannot. So in looking at sort of the, the, for you, you know, and for women who have struggled with sort of things after the pill, it isn't like these things, these symptoms that you're having are random, disconnected, and kind of out of the blue. There's a continuity there that I think is really important for us to share. And I think it's really beautiful that you share that story because I think so many women think, oh, everything was fine. And then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, things started to go off, but that's really never the case. Nothing just randomly happens like that in the body spontaneously. There's always a many, many years leading up to something as major as what you're dealing with, this degree of inflammation, this degree of gut dysfunction, this degree of hormonal imbalance, you know, that takes time to occur in the body. So I think that's the first thing that I want to share, which is, you know, that there's a, there's an interplay between exposure to synthetic birth control, eating disorders and, you know, symptoms. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense because I've always believed that having an eating disorder was so closely linked with the hormonal imbalances that I developed, which when I was deep in the midst of that eating disorder, never imagined would cause lasting things like having a uterine fibroid or not being able to balance my hormones effectively for the last four years. It's pretty crazy. I know. I mean, you know, even when I look at sort of how I, how my PCOS came to be, for example, you know, and I've written about the different types of PCOS, but you know, it's all a trajectory. You know, I was overexposed to antibiotics. I was fed a di- I was raised on a diet that was in pro-inflammatory and, you know, I was exposed to, you know, garden variety, you know, house cleaning products and things that had endocrine disruptives, you know, estrogens in them. It was a perfect cocktail for that, you know, decade leading up to puberty to start to destabilize my endocrine system's ability to do its job. So when the time came for it to do its job, it just could not. And it took some doing to undo all of that. And and it will take that undoing for you. I mean, I think for you, the path forward is clear. The micronutrient, you know, replenishment is critical for you. Um, You know, I, I remember I went through a phase with my own healing that I thought, you know, food should be able to do everything. And I quickly learned in my research that sometimes gut is so compromised, sometimes the levels of micronutrients are so depleted that in fact, the only way forward is to, you know, use, you know, an early form of biohacking that we've known about for years, which is micronutrient supplementation to help the body get over that initial hurdle of just being in such dysfunction, like kind of in the hole of dysfunction to really fill it up, to, to make a level playing field where you can start to see the impact of food in terms of its regenerative ability. So, you know, the pill exposure is a really important thing. Um, and 
as you might know, in the fall, I've been working on this for years, but I just, in the course of studying the endocrine system and hormonal imbalances and pill exposure for the past 17 years, um, I, I really started to put together like, you know, the exact micronutrients that every woman needs if she's been exposed to the pill to really reclaim that uh, baseline level. And I put together that formulation um, and finally was able to put it together and and productize it and, you know, manufacture and ship that all out um, in in October of 2017. Um, And it's called Balance. Uh, And these are five, five pills. You take one a day. And it's, it's just, it's your, you know, post birth control. If you're on the pill, it's like, you have to be on this medic. You have to be on these supplements just so that you don't fall into the hole. If you've come off of the pill or any form of synthetic birth control, then you want to take them to help you replenish those lost micronutrient stores. So they're just sort of the, you know, it's why we call them balanced because they just do that for every woman on this you know, deep micronutrient biohacking level. So I would say for you, I would love to see you, you know, really working on the supplement piece um, to help your body um, recover from not just the pill, but also, you know, the orthorexia, the eating disorder. That's really not a small thing to have gone through either. Um, And both in rapid succession clearly did a number. Um, And when you start to have enough of these micronutrients, available to your system, inflammation also starts to go down. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of your skin issues right now with eczema, it's eczema that you're dealing with, would start to get better too. So Wow. So what are those, what are the supplements? What are the five? Yeah. I mean, each one, I couldn't condense all the micronutrients into one mega pill. (laughs) So I had to kind of, they're not, they don't all work um, that you can't, you can't formulate things that way. Right. Um, so I, I was able to at least reduce it down to just five, which is, which is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so each one does something different. So energize will give you all the B vitamins that are water soluble that you need on a daily basis for your endocrine function, progesterone production, adrenal uh, support. Harmonize will give you the omega-3s, the vitamin D3, the K1 and K2 to prevent cramps, to stabilize mood, to promote skin health, cardiovascular health, all of that. Replenish is the magnesium glycinate supplement that is just for a lot of women with hormonal imbalances. They have a genetic mutation in the CYP1 a2 gene. <laughs> and whoa. this is a gene, whoa, this is a gene that um, when functions properly produces an enzyme that your liver uses to break down estrogen. When you have a mutation in this gene, your liver is less able to do that. And so of course, you're going to suffer with more just baseline estrogen dominance as a result. So magnesium can be a really helpful part of, of dealing with some of these um, that situation. Then what else do we have? Replenish. Oh, detox. Detox was the the formulation I put together that really was sort of the ultimate liver support, right? Because some women need a lot of liver support and some women don't need a lot. And so I wanted to put one together that was universally safe for every woman, regardless of her 
you know, genetics and her preexisting condition. So these are the, think of it as liver food <laughs> is what I, you know, that was my working title. I was like, okay, I want, I want something that is going to be like my, the supplement that feeds my liver every day. So these are micronutrients that give your liver the building blocks that it needs from a micronutrient standpoint to do its very important detoxification work each and every day um, to detoxify the chemicals that you're exposed to, the estrogen that you're making and exposed to, et cetera, um, the medications you've been on. And then there's gutsy. Gutsy is the probiotic. It's you, right? Um, These, these, these are the, these are the micronutrients that I personally take. So they also felt very personal to me. Like this is, you know, I want to feel energized. I want to feel replenished. I want to be harmonized. I want to feel detox and I want to be gutsy in my life. And gutsy is a special probiotic that actually makes it successfully into the small intestine. And, um, due to the way that we manufacture it, a lot of micro, a lot of probiotics, sort of disintegrate in the stomach acid before it gets to the small intestine and these do not. So very, very important because for example, as I've written about in the, in the small intestine, there is a a particular set of bacteria called the estrobolome that helps your body break down estrogen. And without that being properly nourished with, you know, any sort of gut disruption, if you've been exposed to antibiotics or you've been on the pill you know, or, or anything, any synthetic birth control, the IUD, anything that releases synthetic hormones, you're disrupting that uh, microbiome pretty profoundly. So it's really, really uh, a comprehensive hormone insurance policy. Yeah. <laughs> so really to protect your endocrine system. So to, no matter what's going on, you're, you'll be covered. It's amazing. Well, I definitely need to get my hands on those. They all sound like exactly what I need. I definitely am one of those people who needs extra liver liver support. I've learned through Ayurveda, done a lot of like Ayurvedic healing, liver cleanses that have helped a lot. Yeah, your supplements sound wonderful. I'm going to have to give them a try. You can find the information on um, flowliving.com forward slash supplements. Amazing. So what do you have to say about the water cleanse that I'm embarking on in May? Um, I don't know if you've looked into, you probably have because you are such a research junkie, as I know from your book, Dr. Furman's kind of like, you know, Dr. Joel Furman, he's all about fasting for health and especially for these chronic issues like skin issues and injuries and all sorts of other things. So I've done a ton of research and have found that it has really helped people with fibroids to shrink them and also with hormone problems. So I'm doing a medically supervised water fast for three weeks, two or three weeks. It's determined like throughout, so I'm not exactly sure in Northern California in May. So what do you think? Have you heard of people having success? Well, I mean, my opinion about super intense fasts and things of that nature is that they're typically not for most people. You know, I think in your situation, you have, you know, you've had some extreme things going on that, that 
warrants you investigating something like that. And I think that it's that you are doing it in a medically supervised way is key because to just do it without that would be truly dangerous um, to do. Yeah. So I don't think I mean, anybody think, in my life would allow would allow me yeah, to do it and, on and my I, but own. But I think the challenge is that detoxing, you know, has been kind of like made into this I don't know, trendy, like weight loss kind of, we're not, it's not like a diet, it's a detox, but it's still the same thing. So I think that for most people we use detoxing or, you know, juice cleanses or some form of fasting as it's just another same pathology, right? It's the same kind of like toxic behavior that we're trying to address here. Right. So I do think that there's that on the emotional piece that, that I think that it can be a slippery slope for people on the hormonal piece. You know, the research is still being done on intermittent fasting and different parts of the cycle. Um, you know, for example, we do know that intermittent fasting is okay in the first half of the cycle but not okay in the second half of the cycle. So I think it would be really important, imperative, actually, for you to time the water fast with the first half of your cycle. Because why? In the second half of your cycle, um, you have a lower resting blood sugar level that is going to make doing that water fast excruciatingly difficult for you to, to feel good on. So I think that might not be something that um, the particular medical people that you have supervising you would even consider. And so in the male 24-hour, you know, sort of static hormonal pattern, it doesn't matter when you do it. Fasting, you know, for longer periods of time is fine. So I just, my question is, I don't think enough research is there to, to really show the safety of it. Now, as far as it being helpful for fibroids, I think that if person, I would imagine that the people for whom there was a, a help, an added benefit to doing water fasting for fibroids was probably in the situation where they had been not necessarily doing anything leading up to the water fast. And the water fast was sort of their first time giving their body a break from xenoestrogenic chemicals and pesticides in their food and animal foods and dairy foods and gluten and all the foods that are pro-inflammatory. Um, and pro-estrogenic. And so, of course, you're going to see um, some sort of benefit there. But I think it's not a sustainable path forward. And I think the the risks of micronutrient depletion, unless you're being given intravenous supplementation simultaneously, are definitely there. So I'm not sure that I love it as a long-term solution because my question is, will it leave you in more of a whole from a nutrient point of view, than when you started, it will certainly take the burden off from an inflammatory point of view. But that's not the whole story when it comes to fibroids or PCOS or endometriosis. It's not only about inflammation, it's also about the endocrine system, which needs to be fed to work properly. Mm. Yeah, that is very good advice. And I love, I love that you say it's not for everyone because it's, it's so not. It's the most extreme yeah. option out there. Yeah. And yeah, I'd be really curious to hear how your experience is. Yeah. You know, and well, if, I'm gonna, it, if it makes a difference for you, tell me all about it when you're back. I will. I'm going to go ahead and be the guinea pig for for everybody in this community and I'll come back and report to you. And if I was just doing it for fibroids, I, I probably 
wouldn't do it. I mean, I would be based off of what you said and also other research that I've done, but I had such a health crisis this year where I couldn't leave my house for almost a month because of how terrible my hives were from head to toe. I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for two months. I couldn't take a shower. I couldn't exercise. Um, so this is really kind you, of... And just just question for you, because I mean, it begs to be asked. <laughs> did you check the environment of your home for mold, for all of the sort of any sort of environmental triggers for such an allergic reaction? Yeah, I did. And mold didn't show up here in this apartment. Thank goodness, because that was, well, yes or no on the thank goodness, because I could have just moved. But um, I, (laughs) I looked into so many things and I think ultimately it's come, I think coming from parasites in my gut. So I did parasite cleanses, changed my whole diet, did Ayurvedic healing, like this Panchakarma treatment, um, got the parasites down to a place where the hives are not everywhere now. They're just at certain parts of my body. So I'm not in the same crisis as I was in January, but I'm just interested to see if this water fasting situation really helps. And I'm so curious. I'm definitely going to like write a book about it. So I'm just... Oh yeah. Parasites are a whole different creature. I mean, literally. Um, Yeah. Parasites, literally like living inside of you, worms. So disgusting. So I'll let you know, but um, while we have you here, I think we should definitely touch on cycle syncing because cycle syncing has changed my life. Everybody listening, if they haven't tried it yet, it's going to change their life. So walk us through the whole cycle syncing process. Cycle syncing is the, the method by which you eat, exercise, and plan your life according to the which of the four phases of the cycle that you're in. And so, and that sounds just so like obvious once you hear it, like, of course, you know, you're, for example, your brain chemistry shifts by 25% over the course of the month. You don't think the same way week over week of your cycle. The, the way that you exercise, I mean, I, I, this one I think is so important. You know, we think, oh no, we should be able to do the same exercise. We should be able to push ourselves all throughout the month, right? Now, now I know you know better, but let me explain just a, the little factoid that always scares everybody into, <laughs> into really understanding just how important this is. So this is published on the NIH website. So you can Google this if you want. If you do high intensity interval training, the second half of your cycle, so after ovulation, leading up to and inc- during your bleed, you turn on muscle wasting and you turn on fat storage. So remember how you were sharing a little bit ago about how you were training so hard, same way, day in and day out, and you were gaining weight? Well, that's why, right? So here, here you are being such a good like workout bunny, right? And you're showing up every day. You're just doing it. You're committed, whatever, whatever the slogan is that you're going with. And without taking into consideration the fact that you are a distinct hormonal creature that has specific things that need to be 
um, addressed each week, you can actually undo all the good work that you put in at the gym the first half of the month by working out the wrong way the second half of the month. So cycle thinking your exercise is a really easy, fantastic switch to make. You you get more diverse workouts in, you cross train, you get more fit faster, you, you do um, muscle building, muscle restoration. It's all in there because you're following the hormonal mandates of the cycle. Similarly with food, um, you have different needs of either offsetting low levels of hormones, um, helping to break down much higher short-term doses of estrogen. You have to switch the types of foods and the type of food preparation that you're having in each week to manage those fluctuations to smooth out for any symptoms that you might have. For example, during ovulation, we have a surge of estrogen over a very short period of time, which if you're estrogen dominant, if your liver is kind of sluggish, if you are micronutrient deficient, if you have certain gene mutations, you will break out in, in acne during ovulation, which stereotypically is the, is the time where women, because of the effects of estrogen, become the most beautiful, right? Looking, they're the most glowing, everything's supposed to be looking as magnetic as possible during ovulation. But if you're breaking out, it's a sign that you are someone who absolutely should be cycle syncing because when you cycle sync during the ovulation phase, for example, you're going to be eating foods that really assist with breaking down that super high surge of estrogen in the most efficient way possible. So there's that piece. And then the final piece is organizing your work and your creativity around the effects that hormones have, the shifting effects that your shifting hormones have on your brain chemistry. Like I said, your brain changes by 25% over the course of the month. So the way you creatively approach a task will be different each week. And so there's a way to organize your work and your productivity and your creativity um, according to your cycle so that you get more done with less effort and less stress on the body. So this was the big discovery that I made in the, in my research, you know, 15 years ago. And it's, it's the fourth step of the flow protocol, but woman code, um, you know, has become this best-selling women's health book. And everybody was asking me when it came out to make chapter five of woman code an app. And, uh, and so in a, I think it was the beginning of 2017, we launched my flow. And so my flow is this really special first of its kind, only of its kind app that allows you to cycle sync your life. Um, and so much more, we talked about partner syncing, but it also helps you fix whatever symptoms you're tracking. Like, what's the point of tracking all your symptoms if you can't learn how to fix them? Exactly. (laughs) So what would yeah. be the foods to eat during ovulation? Just to refresh my memory since that's if where I am right out. now. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're breaking out. Yeah. Well, in general, during ovulation, this is the few days out of the month where you can be safely, um, you know, very plant forward and mostly raw. Oh, wow. Um, and vegan if you want it to be. So, you know, this is when you can do your juices and your salads and, you know, all of that to really help with adding as much glutathione for the liver, et cetera. Um, and all of these things help the body really as quickly as possible deal with that extra load of estrogen that you're getting during ovulation. And each phase has a different type of food that you can read about in chapter five of woman code, or just download the MyFlow app 
you can get that at myflowtracker.com and it'll tell you not only what you should be doing, but it'll remind you which phase you're in. Because I think that's the other problem that I was hearing from women is like, first of all, they didn't even know that they had four phases. Um, you know, I think everybody knows like ovulation and bleeding, but the other ones are a little more murky. And so the app will tell you when you're in each phase. So you don't have to worry about, oh, wait, which phase am I in? And what am I supposed to do? It's all just there, really easy to access. Yeah. I never knew about the four phases until I read your book. I mean, I knew about the two, but I did not know about the luteal phase, the follicular phase. And then it freaked me out when I was on the IUD that I didn't have a follicular phase technically. And right. And that's why I so quickly. You didn't have any, you didn't have any phases. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing about the pill, any synthetic birth control that you're on, the pill, the IUD, the copper IUD is not the same. But the, you know the the hormone releasing IUDs and rings and inserts and all of that, they stop you from having access to these fluctuating phases of your cycle. So you really don't have anything. You just have this twenty four hour cycle. You don't have a twenty eight day cycle. And even though you think you're having a period, you never have a period. You just have occasional breakthrough bleeding, which eventually stops. Um, it's not a real period. It's just the uterus kind of getting out of the habit of, you know, being stimulated by this lower level of estrogen. And so you just stop having a cycle altogether. It shuts down the brain and ovarian conversation altogether. You have no follicular phase, no ovulatory phase, no luteal phase, no menstrual phase. You just have um, one constant dose of low estrogen and progesterone, which is why so many women, for example, lose their sex drive mm. when they're on the pill, for example, because you're not getting those fluctuating yeah. <laughs> testosterone surges during the cycle, etc. So what would you say to people listening who are currently on the pill or IUD or any form of birth control and maybe, you know, like it's not working out for them or it is, but they're too scared to go off of it. What would be your advice? Well, I think the fear really comes from misinformation, right? Because I mean, the sex ed that we get when we're younger is like, okay, you're going to get a period and you could get pregnant at any time. Here's a tampon, use condoms, have a nice day. I mean, that's really, the, that's the long and short of it. Totally. <laughs> and that's terrifying when you're 12. Like what? Yeah. You know, how does it happen? When does it happen? None of these questions are really answered. The fact of the matter is you're only fertile for a maximum of five days per month. That's it. And you can know with precision when you're ovulating. One of my favorite devices for this is Daisy. Um, you know, you just, you pop it in your mouth in the morning. It's a little thermometer and it like automatically records your basal body temperature to a little app. And you'll know based on that temperature read, if you're fertile or not, it is the gold standard fertility ovulation way for you to know when you're ovulating. And so of course, if you know, when you're most fertile, all you have to do is either use a barrier method on those days or two, if you're extra concerned, like I always suggest condoms and uh, a cervical, you know, cap of some sort, the sponge, a femi cap, a diaphragm, you know, anything, or you could abstain, right? If you really wanted to, if you were really concerned and then with certainty, when that temperature change starts to go down, you can feel confident, confident that you don't have to worry about conception. And women have been using this method for 
you know, forever and it is extremely effective. So I think knowledge and information here really is empowering around making a decision. First and foremost is just understanding that that fear is typically that one. The second fear is that your symptoms are going to come back if you went on it for symptoms like acne or cramps or whatever. And that fear is a good fear because the truth of the matter is now that you've heard me talk about what happens when you're on the pill or anything like it and all the micronutrient depletion is that in fact, um, your symptoms will come back and they will be worse if you don't prepare the body. So I would never suggest that you go off any medication cold turkey. You obviously want to talk to your doctor and let them know that you want to do this. Of course, expect a little pushback. They, they're going to want to encourage you to stay on the medication. But if you want to go off of the pill, um, I would encourage you, and I can provide the link for you, Jordan. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but we have a, a free report for women who are interested in, you know, safely transitioning off the pill. We call it birth control rehab. Um, <laughs> you know, what Love do you it. do? How do you think about it? Because you have to start thinking two to three months in advance of going off the medication to prepare your body so that you don't have that other fear happen to you where your symptoms come back. Because if you do nothing, nine times out of 10, they'll come back and they'll come back worse. Your acne will come back much more intensely. Your period problems will be there and more intensely. So that, um, but that you can do something about, um, and, and that's an easy fix. I would, and then the last thing I would say is you know, and I just, there's, there's an article in New York post, actually, where I was, they were sharing my opinions on this. There are more and more of us, like you were saying, Jordan, at a certain point, you know, you just, you had this feeling inside of you that said, you know, I just don't want to be on medication, like in general, like why, you know, and none of us are born with a deficiency in synthetic birth control, right? Like you don't reach an age where it's like, okay, now you're old enough. Like you, you need you need to take artificial hormones to be complete. Like, no, <laughs> millennia of evolution designed you to be the most um, hormonally efficient creature on the planet. And so you're not deficient in any way when it comes to your hormones, but you may be deficient in your diet when it comes to symptoms. So I think that you want to think about, you know, what it is that you value in terms of your personal wellness journey. And if you're someone who is doing yoga and eating clean and um, thinking about your personal growth and development. This may be just a question for you on a philosophical level. You know, is this something that you want to be putting in your system? If it's there, you know, to address two things that you can address by other means, you know, basal body temperature taking, for example, to prevent pregnancy and, you know, using the flow protocol, for example, to address your hormonal issues. If those are the only two reasons that you're on it, there are two other solutions that most women who have been on the pill for so long and then come off and realize now they have all these other problems and now they're having difficulty having the child that they always wanted to have. When they learn this information, that there were these other solutions, they always tell me the same thing, which is if I had only known then, I would never have started down this medication journey in the first place. So I think it's just a lot to think about and, uh, and it's a personal decision. Yeah, I love that. It is a personal decision. And I think when, at least in my experience, when you empower yourself to learn what's really happening in your body, when you're taking these medications, then you can make an educated choice and whether you choose to continue with the medication or not, it's up to you. And at least you know 
what you're setting yourself up for. And at this point in my life, I'm 27. I have so many friends who are trying to get pregnant and who are struggling. So one of my final questions to you today, because we'll definitely have to have you back on so so many questions to ask you. So I know that a lot of women come to you who struggle with fertility. Have you ever had women who you just cannot help them get pregnant? Oh my gosh, I'd have to, th- I mean, there's always, there's always varying degrees of people who, you know, have difficulty with conception, but the vast majority of women who are dealing with idiopathic infertility, really, it comes down to the same conversation that we were having about, you know, PCOS and fibroids. It comes down to inflammation, chemical exposure, and um, micronutrient deficiencies. And so my experience has been the longer that a person has to address those things, the better chance they have of optimizing um, for fertility and successful conception. So said another way, if you're on medication now to quote unquote deal with your period and you, you're saying you're in your late 20s, such a good thing that you have another whole decade to heal. So I think the challenge is sometimes if a woman has you know, not taken the time to address these underlying issues and not left herself enough time in her fertile window, right? Which is really, you know, of course, um, as soon as you start menstruating, not that anyone should be getting pregnant that young, but let's say your, your optimal fertile window is, you know, 20, 24 to 44, right? If you don't leave yourself enough time to restore your hormonal balance, replenish your micronutrients, eliminate inflammation, deal with chemicals, you can run out of time on the other end of that 20-year window um, where it becomes increasingly difficult for you to achieve a conception while you still have the ability to. So I think that's just a, a, an important thing to consider. You know, this, These things in our body are not infinite. Right. There's not always more time. And I think that if, you know, we start to have just the right education about how our bodies work, we wouldn't be left or caught in that difficult situation. I think so many women that I've seen over the years that that are in their, let's say, early 40s that just had been on the pill forever, you know, and just only got off of it like uh, six months ago because they finally got together with their partner and now they were ready and they're in their early forties, they had no idea, you know, no one had been sharing this information with them. So I think it's really exciting for women in your generation right now to be having an education, a baseline education that the generation who has come before you has not had, which makes you guys primed to have more success with your fertility as a whole, especially because the environment around you continues to become more endocrine disruptive. So the only way for all of us to continue to be even able to have children successfully, I think is really about empowering ourselves as individuals to protect and preserve our hormonal balance and our fertility long-term starting in our 20s. Amazing. I mean, that whole thing that you said right there is like, a soundbite that I'm so glad is recorded because we can play it over and over and over and just empower ourselves to know how real it all is to give ourselves time and just not 
get ourselves into a position where we are loaded up on so many medications and things that aren't natural to our body that when we do want to get pregnant, we struggle. So it doesn't have to be that way. That's what you're saying. And that's so empowering. I love it. All of your work is so inspirational and just empowering to women everywhere. After I read your book, it was the first time I ever really viewed my cycle as something that was divinely feminine and beautiful and empowering instead of kind of just like an annoyance that I had to deal with every month, which is so not the way to think about your body. And I realized that now. So thank you. You're so welcome. And I think the big, the big conversation there, and I love that your podcast is soul on fire. You know, we're, we as women are the largest consumers in the wellness community, right? And what are we really hungry for? Right. We're, we're trying all these things. We're buying crystals. We're doing all this stuff. Right. But I think what we're really hungry and I was doing the same thing in my twenties, right? Like, but what, what was I really hungry for? What are we all really hungry for? I think it really is reclaiming this identity with our feminine soul. Like you were just describing, right? When you got educated through reading woman code and understanding what your body can do and what it has been imbued with, you reclaimed a piece of yourself and it, it, it fills this, um, in Buddhism, they call it the hungry ghost, you know, it fills this big void and this, the circuit, the searching outside of yourself becomes less and less. And instead you start to turn inward and search for the truth and the answers inside of you. And as a woman with this beautiful four phase cyclical pattern, those answers are always as close as your ovaries. And I just love that women uh, more and more are getting, getting in touch with that. Me too. It's so amazing. It's amazing to be a part of it. And our listenership is, well, we have guys who listen to this podcast and any guys who listen to this whole episode all the way through, you guys are awesome. Awesome. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we have a lot of, lot of women in our tribe and it's just so cool to be a part of that community that's making a difference. So it's quite fabulous, very empowering. And I'll ask you our final question that I ask everybody who comes on this podcast, which is if you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Purple, because it is a blend of masculine and feminine. And I think what I've been able to do in my own personal journey is really be able to integrate those energies both back into my system where I was overly relying on my masculine energy as part of the conditioning that we all get in our patriarchal culture um, by healing my hormones and aligning with my body through the practice of the cycle thinking method. Um, I've been really able to reintegrate that feminine aspect back into my energy and purple is the actual color that represents that, which is also why it's the color of slow living. And the color of your book. And the color of woman code. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. (laughs) That was such a good answer. You knew. You already knew that you were purple. That that answer I know. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think everyone knows now where they can find you. Flowliving.com. Flow 
living on Instagram or tell us, tell us everything. Yeah. Yeah. So so living on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, my flow tracker for the app um, and flowliving.com for everything else. Woman code is on Amazon. So pretty easy to find if you need help. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Well, I think we should put together a fun giveaway for everybody listening, but we'll talk about that after we stop recording. And everybody who's listening, you guys will already know about it because I'm going to put it in the intro. So thank you, Alisa, for being here. This was so enlightening and informative and you're just awesome. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Alisa. She is such a wealth of knowledge and has completely changed my perspective on my hormone health and cycle syncing and my cycle in general. And due to many of her practices, including her app, I am feeling really good. But of all things with with Elisa, I would say her book is just a must. You absolutely have to get your hands on it. She's just incredible in that book. I can't wait for you guys to read it. So to enter to win a copy, rate and review this podcast on iTunes, email me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and follow Elisa Flow Living on Instagram for bonus points. And thank you so much for being here. If you haven't joined our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, then head over to Facebook, type in Soul on Fire podcast tribe, send a request. I will accept you rather quickly because I happen to be very excited about the group. So I'm always on Facebook these days and introduce yourself. Tell us all about you. We would love to get to know you. It's an incredible group of like-minded humans and we can't wait to have you there. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. I hope you learned a lot from Elisa today. In fact, I'm sure you did because how could you not? She's just phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone have an amazing day. I'm sending lots and lots of love.